and welcome again to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. As we feature tonight, it's a beautiful Tuesday night in the Fraser Valley, perhaps uh, the warmest evening we've had so far in this very uh, bizarre year that we're calling 2020. We've got mainly clear skies rather here in Mission, about 26 degrees. What's it like over there in Abbotsford, Russ? It's about the same, very nice and warm, and yeah, it's actually been a good day. And on the phone line with us, actually the Zoom line, we've been zooming up the airwaves a lot here for the uh, FitSpeak podcast for the past couple of months. We have a local running fast guy, Russ Esau. Russ, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thanks for having me on, So Russ is uh, an amazing runner for, uh, I've known him ever since I've been here. This guy has been at the front pack of pretty much every race locally and also on the uh, provincial stage. So uh, Russ, tell us uh, your early uh, sporting history. What sorts of sports were you doing growing up as a kid? Uh, mostly as a kid, I did uh, played soccer. Uh, it was one of my biggest sports I did throughout uh Kind of carried that right through right through my adult life. I actually played some pretty higher levels, uh, so that kind of kept me going. I did a bit of running only because I did that in soccer, but uh, it wasn't really a big thing for me. It was just more of a social kind of get out and do a little cross country or do a little bit of track. But yeah, mostly it was just playing soccer and a little bit of baseball. So is Abbotsford home for you, or has it always been home rather? Yeah, Abbotsford Mission. Yeah, I was kind of living in both areas for, yeah, the vast majority of my life. So you went from kind of like a casual runner to to something uh, much more serious and much faster. Tell us about some of your earliest running successes, rather. I kind of, I, I didn't really kind of go get into the run very seriously until maybe, I think I played soccer through till maybe I was in my mid to late 30s, and then I kind of took a break from everything for a while, and then uh Somewhere around, I think it was uh, late 2011, I decided I was going to try to get myself back in shape. So at that time, I was still, yeah, I had a few days of still smoking and stuff. So I was, had you to get rid smoking. of that. And, uh, yeah, and then and, and kind of quit that. And then 2012, I started kind of the training a little bit. And I, I think I ran my first half marathon. I think it was Fort Langley, actually, in February, like in that February one. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first one. I, and then from there, I, I decided it was time to kind of get out and see sort of what I could do from there. Absolutely. So if you can uh, go back in your uh, memory, Russ, how did that first half marathon of yours go? If I recall, actually, I keep them, funny enough, I actually keep like up my wife made a banner thing for me. So I actually still keep that one in my office oh, as wow. my first one. Mm-hmm. So I think, I'm looking at it right now. So I actually went 137, I think, was my first one. So. Uh, that's a pretty smoking fast first marathon. Yeah, it was okay for that, actually, kind of because I was still in the 40s, so it still kind of looked half decent for a 40-year-old guy. Yeah, no kidding. And um, unlike most of the people in your age group, um, you've only been getting faster and faster and faster. Um, but before we go into your most recent exploits, just had an outstanding race at the uh, Pacific first half. What were you? Uh, what was your original training like back in those early days for you, Russ? I was doing... Maybe I actually hired a coach for a little bit, an online guy to kind of help set me up. And I was maybe doing maybe 40 to 60K a week, something like that. Nothing super hard not, and not super, um, not a lot of speed work or just kind of mostly trying to stay consistent. 
Mm-hmm. I did that for like about a year and then um, a bit. And then I actually from there decided to kind of try getting into triathlons for a few years or so. And how did the triathlon world turn out for you? It was, uh, I enjoy, I actually really love the sport. I'm a terrible swimmer. So eventually <laughs> I just I decided to keep going on the running. But yeah, I think uh, I did quite a few halves. Uh, never got to the full. Um, I think kind of always enough to compete with the, the bike and the run, but never, unfortunately, I'd kind of given everybody too much of a cushion on the, on the swim already. So yeah. it was always a lot of work, but that yeah, was fun. I enjoyed it. You decided to focus on something where you didn't have to uh, spot the rest of the field five or 10 minutes in the swim and then um, have to reel them in on the bike and on the run. Um, So just wondering when you're doing your training right now, so obviously uh, you've gotten substantially faster. What does an average, you know, I know it's kind of difficult to say what an average training week is, but if you could, you know, let our listeners know what that might look like. Yeah, probably right now I'm kind of doing a rebuild because I'm dealing with a bit of a hamstring ish, issue, but it's probably somewhere between, say, 90 to between ninety to 120 okay a week, and usually one one or two sessions in there with some speed, and then uh, along with maybe some work on the weekend. So. so even now you're doing somewhere between 90 and 120 kilometers per week. Yeah, you, yeah, you kind of got to do a good case to, to be able to keep the speed, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about how many hours does that translate to for you? Uh, maybe seven, between seven, seven and a half, maybe somewhere in there. Maybe closer to eight, probably when I'm hitting up in the 120, range. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, I mean, you still are able, obviously, to to train at a very high level, quality miles, but um, with eight hours a week, you still have, I suppose, uh, a bit of a social life and you're uh, able to, you know, hold down a regular job. Uh, tell us about how you earn your money. Uh, I'm actually uh, one of the partners in a decent uh, sized construction firm. So that's, I've been doing that for uh, pretty much all my life. I bought into the company about six, seven years ago. So mm-hmm. it's actually given me a little bit of flexibility now too. So I'm able to do all my training in the morning before work and, and kind of get that in without having to rush into the door at say you know, six or seven in the morning or something for work. I'm able to take a little bit of liberty there. So it's nice. It's given me a little bit of opportunity for that. So you are in, uh, even at this age, I mean, it's still a fairly uh, competitive age group and um, you had some pretty good success there. Was the Pacific first half your last race of the season? Uh, yeah, was, yeah, technically it was first and last, I guess you want well, to call isn't, it. Isn't that yeah. ironic? And tell us about your last race. It was pretty memorable for a lot of reasons, at least for, uh, from an outsider and looking in at those statistics. Yeah, it was good. It was um, coming in. We were kind of. It was. We've been. I heard uh, Rob Watson for coaching about a year ago. So he's he's kind of been working with me uh, since last June. And our goal was um, to run Boston. Was trying to look to be on the podium there. So that was kind of had him gearing up. So we've been doing a few halves along the way just to gauge the fitness. So we, we first half was going to be our last gauge before Boston. Uh, so we kind of had a goal to come in and run somewhere, somewhere right around where it ran. Actually, um, the week coming in, I was actually ended up with a couple little niggles. So it was kind of humming and hawing whether we were going to run it or not and just decided to kind of go out and see how it felt. And yeah, it actually hung on okay. And uh, I was super happy with the time. So it was great. Wanted to run 114 and ran 114.02. So yeah, and you know, as, that's right, right on where we wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I was 
actually doing a little bit of looking at the results there and I think that your uh, your speed your running pace you had only decreased like what was it two seconds per kilometer on your second half yeah I think we went out, went out decent I actually PR the 10k for the first 10 I think about 3440 or something for the first 10 yes and, uh, actually at 15k I was still there's a course record there which is also like two seconds off the Canadian, the old Canadian record, the old, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I think at 15K, we were, I was with a group that was like right on pace for that. And then I kind of fell off a little bit in the last 6K and lost about 25 seconds to kind of what I wanted. But yeah, it was good. It was a really, really good group of guys too, so it helps out, right? Yeah, if you can have the right pacers and, uh, yeah. you know, the right rabbit just ahead of you, you can, uh, yep. you know, run to your potential in a lot of cases. That's right, yeah. A couple of good young fast guys who mm-hmm. try to hang on a little yeah. The last time we had talked, um, we were hopefully going to get you in some sort of race where you could challenge for the Canadian record in the 50 to uh, 54 year age group, which is, uh, I believe right now, uh, held by a Calgarian, um, Jody Drowdy, who set that back in the fall. How was progress being made on that goal for you before, uh, you know, the sky fell? <laughs> Yeah, slowly but surely. He's just coming off an injury. Um, it, he, he was a super impressive record. Originally, I was going to gun for the record. But, and then he, the record at that time was 113.31, I think. And, and then Jody absolutely smashed. So I think he ran 111 low, yeah. which, is, which is really good for like a 20-year-old, let alone a 50-year-old. No kidding. I think that was actually the day of his 50th birthday as well. I think he did it somewhere down in, in the Bay Area in California. It is. I was joking that uh, I actually hooked up with him a little bit on Strava. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I was gonna, I know him enough. I was going to kind of joke and, and check to see his birth certificate what time he was born just to make <laughs> sure that it was 50 and not 49 stuff. Right. <laughs> Pretty impressive stuff, though. Yeah, very, very fast. When you're doing these crazy training weeks, especially with the running, it uh, it takes a lot out of you know even a younger person, a uh, younger person's body. Do you have any hints as far as training or resting or or nutrition for some of the listeners out there? I think the biggest thing with the older you get is I, I found when I really start concentrating the running is working on uh, just this this stretching, which I I never really used to do. I just kind of ran and and then I was done, but now I've been consciously trying to do a good 10 minutes afterwards just to stretch out the bones and the muscles and stuff a little bit and see what we can do. And I think that's helped me a lot because I think that the more mileage you do at the, the older the age is, mm-hmm. you kind of ride that fine line is that, that between fitness and injury. But if you want to go quicker, you kind of got to like ride that line the best you can the whole way through, right? So. It's, uh, yeah, I would say the stretch has been a big one. I probably should do even more. I probably should do strength work, but to be honest, I don't. No no time in the gym. No, I, one of these days I'll actually do it, but I keep saying that and I never have, so uh, we'll see. I guess my physiotherapy's got my number. She's got me in there a couple, well, I mean, now in the basement gym doing what I can. But uh, yeah, it sounds like, uh, so you have a little bit of a hamstring injury as well, or is it just kind of like a niggly thing right now? Uh, no, actually, about two weeks after the first half, uh, I was doing a workout. I think it was two weeks right after, and it pretty much snapped on me. And then I was out for like four, I think it was like five weeks of no run. Wow. Yeah, so I was training, I trained quite a bit on the elliptical when I did that. Okay, yeah. Um, so I actually ended up going out and just buying an elliptical and putting it downstairs. And we're actually now trying to 
incorporate that a little more from my recovery day, just as a non-impact day. Mm-hmm. They'll get pretty decent workout out of it. So yeah, we just kind of got going the last probably the last four weeks now where the run's been getting back to steady again. So have to rebuild and see how it goes. So with this COVID nineteen crisis, I mean, you were you were in pretty good shape, obviously, with a stellar. 114.03 and first out of 115 in your age group at the Pacific first half. Then you get into the injury. Then you've got uh, you've on the path to recovery. It's kind of like a double-edged sword because there ain't no racing to be had. And it sounds like uh, the competitions that we will be going in will be, uh, you know, races of one or something like that for the foreseeable future. How do you uh, keep your motivation for training up? Uh, I'm still... Kind of hanging in there to kind of look at the long term on it anyways i quite enjoy the training side of it and the process to get there mm-hmm. so uh, a couple of big goals that i still kind of want to do before i run out of time to do them. <laughs> um uh, so I, yeah i i'm always able to do that i follow a couple of guys on uh, Strava about in my right around pretty much right in that right in that number for i would say the top three guys that are running mm-hmm. canada so kind of fun you can watch what they do and keep you motivated a little bit too right so yeah so just by you know having contact with them and seeing what they're up to it's like well if they're doing it uh time for me to hit the treadmill or hit the trails by the way where's your favorite place to run i mean pounding the miles out are you a treadmill guy or what's what's your favorite place i do a bit of both i'm actually like to hate the treadmill i, I probably in the winter time will be like 80 to 90 percent of my work on the treadmill i i went at home it's convenient and, and uh, i find it you can get good true workouts on it. It's actually really good for easy days because more people actually run their easy days too hard. So the treadmill really keeps you in check for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with on your hard days. If you want to, you know, have a training partner, uh, especially nowadays, right? You can't. So yeah. you want to be doing hard work or whatever. It sets you where you need to be. So yeah, I'm a big believer in that. Other than that, yeah, lots of stuff up here. We've got a couple of tracks nearby. So when the, when the COVID's not going on, there's a couple right. of really good fast guys I can go jump in on the track with. So. We cross our fingers and all goes well in the foreseeable future. What would you uh, ideally like to have as your next race? If everything else then did go back to normal by September, then Boston's the reset. So I'm still right, in for yes. that one. Yeah. So if that's, I think it's probably reaching reaching a little bit. But if it does go, that's still technically what we're training for now. And the goal is still to get down to like the low 230s. So we'll see where that comes. Yeah, why wouldn't that be an impressive performance? Uh, but uh, with a half marathon time of one fourteen, and you know that was uh, early in the season, it would be pretty amazing to to do a, a two thirty something out there in Boston in front of all those screaming people. Have you done the race before? I haven't. I've never. No, I haven't. I, I don't look badly, but if you're not like it's fairly easy one as you get older, if you're quick to actually qualify for it, so it's never been a big allure to me. Until I kind of looked at it at 50, I thought, ah, it's kind of fun if you hit that right, right age and, and if you can kind of go for a chance to be on the 40 or something, it'd be kind of fun to yeah. see if you can measure up against some of those guys. So More question before uh, we let you go here, Russ. Uh, it's a question we didn't prepare you for, but uh, if you've heard the <laughs> Fitspeak podcast uh, interview before, you're, you're going to know what it is. So the question is this. If you could be, Russ, an animal other than a human being – what animal would you be, and tell us why? Animal, that's a good question. Um, jeez, uh, uh, should have actually referred to this. I don't know. Um, I would say uh, 
I think I'm probably going to be a dog. I actually quite enjoy watching what my dog gets, how his life. He's got such an easy, non-stressful life. Uh, what kind of dog? Yeah. Uh, well, even Cavalier, he's, he's, he seems to enjoy himself more than, more than most people I know. So. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking, taking your time on this Tuesday evening to uh, fit speak with us, Russ. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it. It's fun to, fun to chat about it. Okay. And we wish you the best of luck with that uh, nasty hamstring thing. Nothing but success. Best of health for the future. And uh, hopefully uh, we're going to be taking a look at your race results for Boston come uh, sometime this fall. Yeah, hopefully we'll both get out there and get to do some racing soon, right? Well, eventually, yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks, Ken. Take care. Have a great evening.